In Jesus' name. Heavenly Father, we thank you for once more bringing us into your presence. We thank you, Heavenly Father, for feeding us daily on your word. We thank you for yet another day to talk about your giving unto you, O God. We pray, Heavenly Father, that I hide under the cross. Talk to me and talk to my brethren. In Jesus' name we pray. Praise God. I want to thank the church, the venerable, and my friends in the altar and the council for giving me another opportunity to share the word of God with you. I'll start with a background of what this is, talk very briefly about Titan, talked about sacrificial giving in the Old and the New Testament, reasons for giving, condition for forgiving, how to give, and the hindrances. We're going to be very fast because today is a Holy Communion service. Praise God. You see, the human nature has two things that actually push on them. One is greed. The other one is fear. Greed is what Jesus Christ came to heal by telling you to give a sacrificial giving. The human nature is in such a way that this greed leads to so many people, all this bad Niger and corruption. So human beings that are not revived, if you are not revived at all, this is the problem, very deep-seated problem. Even those of us, when we were growing up, is it not true? These are important things. And there was one day I was somewhere, one woman told me that it is not really attending a wedding that is important. These things are part and part and nature of human beings. So I'm taking you the background. Then there was one man called John MacArthur. He said, 16 out of the 13 parables deal with money. More is said about money than heaven and hell combined. While there are more than 500 verses on prayer and faith, there are over 2,000 verses in the Bible dealing with money and possessions. Money can be an idol competing with the Lord Jesus Christ over your soul. Don't underestimate money and possessions. That's why Jesus said you cannot serve God and what? Mammon. Praise God. So these are held and wealth, but these things don't happen to us as Christians. We may be adjusting our ties that this doesn't happen to you. But there are certain ones that actually pre-con into Christianity, providing for my family and providing for my wife and my children, trying to keep those positions for them. He held on us who are Christians. I talks about two types of giving. One is the fundamental thing, I will call it the elementary school of giving, called Titan and Offering. Titan was mentioned in Leviticus chapter 27, verse I will be reading the scriptures to save time. He said, A tenth of produce of the land, whether grain or fruit of the land, is holy. Giving your tithe is paying a debt. Tax is taken from me to the Enugu state government. 
there's no way the governor can one day call me and thank me for paying tax. Has he done that before? It is never done. He's a debt, which I need to do. So God reminds us in tithesgiving that we should, as much as possible, pay those debts. People may have arguments about it, but the word of God, when God says it, what do you do? You believe it. And what settles it? Good. So when we have settled, the other one is the other tithes that are called festival tithes that are found in uh, Deuteronomy chapter 12, verse 8. It says, Lord has kept, when God brought the people of Israel out of the land they have settled down, those things were used as a festival tithe. So they used it to say, just like what we are doing today, sometimes we have the men and the um, men ministry cooking for people. I will actually see, some people don't donate towards it. It's all part of your Christian duty to actually do so. The other one is the poor tithe. Initially, these poor tithes, the poor was so much mentioned in the scriptures that it is even known that if you, in Proverbs chapter 19, 17, if you give to the poor, you lend to the Lord and he will reward you. Praise God. One thing that also struck me was when Paul was meeting the Peter in Galatians chapter 2, verse 9 to 10, at their parting ways, Paul, Peter was going to the Jews. Paul uh, was going to the Gentiles. They mentioned one thing in Galatians chapter 2, verse 9. He said, they mentioned that, look, he asked me what we should continue to remember the poor, the very thing I was eager to do. The very many things we were eager to do. The church provides such facilities here. We have a welfare offerings that goes on in this church. These things are duties we need to look into. Then the, the, the finally is that the tithes are given as, as biblical and designed to help to pay our priests. Even our priests are not stipends. And then help the poor and then have a feast. They are also debt and very elementary. They are not sacrificial giving. What did I say? That is not so. So that why I decided to mention it, so that you know fully well that look, when we are talking about these things, we are talking that we are paying a debt. I will not talk about the sacrificial giving, where the verses Second Samuel, I mean Second Samuel chapter 24, verse 24. I mentioned examples in the New Old Testament. I will talk about in the New Testament talk about the Acts of the Apostles, and finally, the Apostles. But the king said to Aranuna, 2 Samuel chapter 24, verse 24, No, I will not have it as a gift. I will buy it. For I do not want to offer to the Lord my God burnt offering that have cost me nothing. So David pay for the threshing floor and the oxen. Praise God two groups of people. There were this man called Aranuna, a Jebusite, not a Jew, who settled among the Jews. Very generous man, rich in their sense. David counted and he came, he came to offer sacrifices where he saw an angel in a threshing floor. He came himself. 
But this man called Aranuna decided to offer him the threshing floor, what? Free of charge. Offered him an ox and then offered, even prayed for him. But David refused. David do what? He refused. He said he's not going to offer to the Lord something that will not do what? Cost him what? Nothing. So what we have to do is that we really need to think about when you give out things. Is it really out of your abundance or is it really out of when it is going to cost you and make you to feel that thing you have given? Let me give you an example. Very far away, I was actually, even though that, looking back now, I know that I didn't get any reward. I was in a filling station. I was trying to take a fuel. People were begging. I was searching everywhere to find some change to give to a beggar. I didn't find it. I just found that. I just found that. I have 500 naira. That was far. I struggled. They were there looking at my mirror. I struggled and gave them 500 naira. Oh, we tell him then. <laughs> you see, I will show you that I was not, it was not my intention to give the beggar 500 naira. But that money, if I give him 20 naira, it would have been something, do you understand? Surprisingly, me, the beggar shouted, Hoi! So I was actually, when the man was showed, that, that was actually, he was far back. But I knew fully well that. I may not have gotten the reward. I just gave it because I was not under pressure. Is it not true? And the woman was watching me, searching the money. So when we are talking about sacrificial giving, we are talking about something that is very, very higher up in our life. Praise God. The other one is in Exodus chapter 25, verse 2. God told Moses, commanded Moses to build a tabernacle. He commanded Moses to build what? A tabernacle where he would dwell among his people. That's another example. Tell the Israelites, Exodus chapter 25, tell the Israelites to bring me an offering. You are to receive the offering for me from each man whose heart prompts him to give. Verse 8, then have them make a sanctuary for me and I will dwell among them. When we move on to Exodus chapter 36, 4 to 7, he said, but finally, the workmen all left their tasks to meet with Moses and told him, we have more than enough materials on hand now to complete the job. So Moses sent a message throughout the camp announcing that no more donations were needed. Then at last, the people were restrained from bringing more onto the work. Praise God. When you are revived and you want to give, aganeji geji. Do you understand? Agane megini eji geji gijiri nwayo. When I was going through this, I now asked myself, have I ever given money in such a way that the, the person I'm giving has told me, please, or to the church? I imagine a state where the reverend will come back, venerable will come and tell us, This is scripture, and these things are written in Exodus chapter 36, 4 to 7. You can go and read and really work. Because I was going through these verses, I was also talking to myself. Have I really given enough to this propagation of the gospel? We are given to honor God with our words. 
The amount is not prescribed. These things are living to our own conscience. Praise God. So a good portion of us must leave us. A good portion of us must do what give us. Praise God. Let me give two examples where Jesus taught about sacrificial giving. One is in Mark chapter 12, 41 to 44. Jesus was there. I read it in a message Bible. Many of the rich were making large contributions. One poor widow came up and put in small coins. A measly took cents. Jesus called his disciples over and said, The truth is that this poor widow gave more to the collection than all others put together. Look at how the message Bible put it. All others gave what they will never miss. Do you understand? All others gave what they will never do what miss. If I give 20 naira here, it means nothing. I know I won't get any reward. I won't won't miss it. So there's actually no need giving. She gave extravagantly what she could not have afforded. She gave what she has. See, Mark Gospel recorded that Jesus sat opposite the collection box. So I imagine that every Sunday, Jesus sits opposite this our collection box. Now, what result? I was actually given, there was a place they were building some school, something there. They, they were raising funds. I was shocked when they were giving report that one widow in a late table something give 100,000. No, it's true. I'm just telling you. Because what the Bible recorded, Jesus, Jesus said that this poor widow gave more to the collection than all others put together. Now, whatever we have all given, put together, that what this widow gave is more than that. So it now occurred to me that what is important in this giving is what remains. If you have a big right, that your statement of account is your theological document. When you go back for these six months, print out your statement of account, look through it sincerely and give an, and tell yourself how much of my resources and positions have I invested in the kingdom. Is this in our call your account office? Is it not true? Print their statement. Go inside their room. Sit quietly and tell God. Look at it kneeling down and tell God. Look at it. Have I really given this much unto the gospel? So the widow gives. So it becomes a habit. And then this, this offering this widow gave is neither tight. It's the routine giving that are going on in the church. But Jesus did what? Sat beside it. So when you are coming for an offering here, remember that Jesus is sitting beside our offering box, looking at what you are doing, and then calculating what result. So every Sunday, I'm now asking myself, in this church, first. Every Sunday, what result? Every any time in your offering, whether here or anywhere, Jesus is making it what result. Praise God. 
lets us, it is always a call for us to Jesus is the role call on everything. So our account, our account balance is even more important than what I will give out to this place. That is the, the lesson I've learned there. Then let's get to Matthew chapter 19. We'll read that one gradually. What Jesus, an encounter with Jesus with a youth. And living, and living from the living Bible. Someone came to Jesus with this question. Good master, what must I do to have eternal life? It's one of the most beautiful questions I've ever seen in the scriptures. Because our ultimate is to see God. What shall I do to do what? To have eternal life. When, when you call me good, you are calling me God. Jesus replied, For God alone is truly good, but to answer your question, you can get to heaven if you keep the commandments. Which one? The man asked, and Jesus replied, Don't kill. Don't commit adultery. Don't steal. Don't lie. Honor your father and mother, and love your neighbor as yourself. Young man, banqueting. Because when we are small, he does shed. Because if a Jesus, those things, Jesus, the man has done what? He said what? I have obeyed every one of them, the youth replied. What else must I do? You know, as far as Jesus is said to go to the question, why if you go to the pass go that one. Or pass go part one. Clearly. Because Jesus will have also told him that he did because he's God. Then Jesus said to him, if you want to be perfect, remember Jesus said, be perfect as your heavenly father is perfect. If you want to be perfect, go and sell everything you have and give the money to the poor and you have treasure in heaven and come and follow me. Or the Kadaga. I don't know. Is it not true? Eh? Sometimes I read this thing, I read it, I read it. Is it really possible? Go and sell everything. Sometimes we, when I graduated as a doctor, what God is actually wanting from us is to make sure that he owns us. When I graduated as a young medical, I was doing the house job. When they paid me the first salary, my mother called me quietly. You know, women can be very, very good. Told me to carry all those money they have paid me as my salary. And go and give to my father and thank him. You know I did it. See the man's face. Do you understand? See his... What God wants from us is for us to really know and make sure that he owns us completely. Even though he didn't take that money. But that step was critical. And if a woman wants her father to love you, she knows what to tell you. Is it not true? Eh? And that, that thing never remains. That thing never left. Will, he, will he leave you if you are the father? It will not. Just to thank him. Because it means that even though I'm now, I was a young doctor, I have already graduated, to me, that money was important to me. It was important to me. In my first year, 
who is not really well to do like that there is that temptation that this money may go but I went he didn't collect the money but the joy do you understand the happiness never left him praise God that is exactly what God is wanting from us not silver, not gold, without withheld their might. Is it not true? Eh? Praise God. Then finally, I mean, not finally, sorry. Matthew chapter 6, verse 21. Jesus also taught us about treasures. He said, For where your treasure is, your heart will be there. Do not hold treasure down here where it gets eaten by moths, corroded by rust or walls, stolen by burglars. Stockpile your treasure in heaven where it is safe from moth, rust and burglars. It is obvious, isn't it? The place where your treasure is is place where your heart will be. Praise God. If you want to really love this church and belong to this church, Register for this church. Don't come late for this church. Move your money. Not where your heart is, your treasure. Where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. If you are interested in any organization, move your money into that organization. You will wake up early. There's actually no need for somebody telling you severally, go and register. It means you are not giving enough. Where you are treasure, treasure, it be a goody day, it be a goody day. When we figure I church That is think, think about it. Is either where your certificate is or where your money is. Move money first, your heart will follow. Don't tell me no, move, move your money first, move it. It's even easy, you can do it electronically so that you won't fear, you won't do anything. It will just get film. <laughs> you register in the church, you come to the church early, you will give. Move your money first, don't tell me you love this, move your money first. Your heart will follow, honestly. The other one is when the apostles were in Acts of the Apostles, chapter 4, 34 to 35. That was part of their sacrificial giving, also. Acts of the Apostles 4, 34 to 35. There was no needy person among them, for from time to time, those who owned land or houses sold them, brought the money from the cells, and put it at the apostles' feet. And it was distributed among them as they had need. I now ask myself, have I ever sold land or houses or cars and brought it for the scriptures? Sometimes, I'm not a very strange, we are not all strange persons. There was a time they were buying land somewhere at the Nike. I joined them. Last two weeks or so, I sent somebody to go and search the place. When he went there, he told me that that place there was a symbol written there, not for sale. <laughs> no, and I asked myself, 
Are you not being foolish? I'm not a very strange person. Do you understand? We are all human beings. That these things are saying are realities. And these things are warnings to us. So do you now want me? What will people talk to me? So the thing is lost. The same thing may have happened to us in one way or the other. Is it not true? You invest in useless things. And sometimes because of pressure, peer pressure and group of people, you go in and do something that is, at the end of the day, there's nothing that comes out of it. These are warnings to me, and maybe a warning to one of us, who must have invested in something not that of the propagation of the kingdom. Praise God. We go now to Second Corinthians chapter 8, where we read today. Second Corinthians chapter 8, where we read today. Let me read it in the message Bible. New friends, now friends, I want to report to you on the surprising and generous ways in which God is working in the church in the Macedonian province. Fierce troubles come down on the people of those churches, pushing them to the very limits. The trial, the message Bible says, exposed them their true colors. They were incredibly happy, though desperately poor. When I read it in the Hebrew Bible, first and all, again, Obwenyo Anonto. Obwenyo Gini Anonto. Because that's in Hebrew Obwenyo. By the time 18 12 they got that you don't have anything. That was the, the greatest thing that happened today. We are Obwenyo Anonto. They were incredibly happy, though desperately poor. The pressure triggers something totally unexpected. An outpouring of pure and generous gifts. I was there and saw it for myself. They gave offerings of whatever they could, far more than they could afford, pleading for the privileges of helping out in the relief of the poor Christians. This was totally spontaneous. Entirely on their own idea. Caught us completely off guard. What explained it was that they had first given themselves unreservedly to God and to us. The other giving simply flowed out of the purpose God working in us. These teachings will look. I have a friend who is living outside this country. He's living in Europe. And I asked him, How about your church and everything? is a colleague. These people, some people, initially, when we talk about money, you are looking for a big man to donate. You are looking for big people who should support the church. But people God has actually commended are people who have a revived heart. You cannot give anything until your heart is revived. If you are not born again, what actually weighs us down is one thing, our own weight is this money and possessions. And you, I will share my little experience later. It is difficult to break until God comes inside it. Don't think you can just jump up and give. It's not possible until you have now realized 
Because Jesus said until a wheat falls down and dies. Is it not true? He cannot sprout off anything. You share that too. If you get two apples, one apple, and one is decaying, and you put it in a fridge, what will happen? That apple will be arrested. That decay will stop at that. As soon as he brought it out of that fridge, what will happen? It will continue decaying. The other one is that that is what happens if you are not truly a child of God. Until you die. It won't be like, an, it won't be a, like a seed that was after some time kept in a fridge and when it's brought out of it, it continues to do what? To decay. You must give your life to Christ. You must have a revived heart before you can now give out anything. It is very, very difficult without God to give out anything. Praise God. So there I say, what they did not expect, Paul, they gave themselves first to the Lord and then to us in keeping with the Lord's will. In this chapel, that was where I now, majority of talks here are not on money giving. People are valued, people shout when people commit sin, when they steal, when they commit adultery, when they do anything. But people are left when they don't give. They are left, are even counted worthy when they don't give. Because there's no way everybody is left to his conscience, do what you want, give money wherever you want. Even the church doesn't even give tight, uh, tight card, there's nothing there. You are left. When I looked at it, I said, look, this is a temptation. It is better for you. It is better for you to look inside your conscience. Because the church entirely leaves you to your conscience. This is not what is happening here. The church leaves you to your conscience. Leaves you to your conscience to appreciate and give whatever you want. So that okay, the Kenyan babies of the Lord Baketa, he go there. Sometimes when these Gideon people came here, they say, the reverend say he's giving this money on your behalf. You are giving this money on your Because you see, these things are important. Because he has always been giving money on your behalf. He stands here and tells you he has given money to one organization on your behalf. Don't tell, don't just when you are that you need to do your own offering. That's how to treat and be honest with these scriptures. Praise God. These are part of then the conditions for giving and rounding up. Conditions for giving is you must be what? Born again. You must give your life to Christ. It is a battle. Even this time, I argued. I'm a very young man. I argued, argued, argued. It was the New Testament. Now, just stay here kind of table. But until you really get yourself a child of God and get yourself born again, you can't give. You always be afraid that what is left will not sustain you. I look at it. The money you have cannot sustain you. I'm telling you. If you have liver or kidney problem, will that money remain? It is not possible. It will finish. How much is dialysis a day? So this money we are keeping, I've really looked at it personally myself. I've looked, this money can't even keep you. If, if anything serious, if anything is 
You go put here two or three times, the medical bills will do what? Will wipe it out. So God has kept us. And then in confidence in trying to keep him, let us give out what we have. Then conditions for giving is, you must also forgive your neighbor. The Bible says that if you are giving gift on the altar and found out that you are, you are, your neighbor has something like, what do you do? You leave the altar there. The reasons why we give is for God's ownership in appreciation of his divine grace, in surrender to life and talents to him. It is more blessed to give than to who what? Receive. You remind us of our own, that God owns us. Then he loses our ties to money and strengthens our ties to God. He loses your ties to money. There was one of my friends, he trained somebody, he went to overseas. The person invited him, took him to overseas, and after the wedding, he told me the man gave him a watch that cost 500000 When he came back to Enugu, very close friend of mine, he kept that watch in one room. Then after some days, you know what he did? He took that, that watch and gave it to somebody in the fellow who doesn't know the worth of that man. He told me that was when he had peace. So sometimes most of these positions can actually put you I must tell you, when I bought my first car, I had it very many years ago. By then, I didn't even have, I didn't have money to buy the footmat. You can imagine when you finish that. At the end of the day, window. it was a terrible thing. That night was terrible. Because I thought that those who bought the car is coming to carry it back. It was terrible. So position can actually kill us. It can kill us. And is what I'm saying, is it not true? I'm being very realistic and practical. I'm telling you this. It's not just a common thing. But very, I suffered that night. Because any little noise, you wake up. So there are certain things you keep to yourself that is even a burden to you as a person. Why not give it up? God has actually made it in such a way that the only way to do this is to let those things go by giving it out and submitting it to the gospel. God didn't tell us to stop working. God did not tell us to stop working. Because there was, when we were building a, 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 something again, one person told me he no longer need money again. I told him, okay, go and work. When you get that money, bring the whole money to us. Even if you don't need it, bring the whole money. And I was saying, bring the whole money to You can purposely get up in the morning to go and work in order to support the gospel. Instead of lying down and doing nothing, you can get up and go and work. When you finish, you bring it to... The good thing we have in the chapel is that the, the, the church council, in their wisdom, gives this money to so many different organizations on our behalf. I hope you understand what I'm saying. On our own behalf. So you now channel it to the church completely. Praise God. Finally, what are those hindrances to giving? After this, one more, we stop. One is human greed. Human greed. 
We are born with greed. Greed. That's why it is difficult. You see somebody in his 70s and 80s stealing billions of naira. Is it not true? That is greed. Because how many years left for him? How many years? So it's the nature of all human beings to be greedy and acquiring wealth. So when they come inside, you tell yourself the old man has risen again. Then secondly, peer pressure. Peer pressure. One day I went for a burial. One person told me somewhere in Anambra State. I calculate the cost of any So you see, these things, they are peer pressures. And even through that peer pressure, if you didn't overcome that peer pressure, you are likely to. Then finally, the one is inheritance of your children. In short, when I was released on that, was one day I was walking towards my car, far back, Ufubis, when I had a voice, say, did any of your children tell you to leave anything for him? As if the person is following me, did any of your children tell you to leave anything for him? I am not saying that people should not and I looked at the background of my colleagues who has left so many things for their children in this Enugu. I moved around. They are in tatas. When I looked around and thought about it, I just felt to stop walking. <laughs> they were what? In tatas. Those people who know me properly know I'm telling the truth. You know I'm telling the truth. There's nothing left. So look at the whole new movie scene. can have a fungoketa. Nankete. When you are born in hell, somebody is using your resources to do anything he wishes. Instead of you investing your own resources, so that you can have reward in heaven. There are many places that God is calling us to do that. For us to go back and tell ourselves very clearly. I'll tell one final story and then we'll, we'll close. When I was in secondary school, I wanted to be a dancer. So we danced and danced. They were telling us, move here, move here, move here. At the end of the day, they told me to move back to my hostel. And I knew I was not selected. The same thing will happen on the last day. When we do everything we are doing and God in his own mercy, God in his own mercy will separate the sheep from the goats. If you have not given your life to Christ, you cannot give. If you want to give anything, first of all, start giving with your tithe and be faithful with your tithe. Then you move on to those sacrificial giving. And then if you are not giving your life to Christ, you have wasted your whole time. So, if you have not given your life to Christ, you bow down your heart and put your hand on your chest. And let us pray. That call is very clear. If at this moment your spirit tells you that you are not yet a child of God, you bow down your head, not only with your hands on your chest. For once in your life, damn the shame.
Because that is the beginning of eternal life. And that is the beginning of revival. And that's the beginning of joy. As you put that hand on your chest, raise it up. You're identifying before heaven. I'm taking this decision and I'm not going back. That's what it does for you. That's what it does for you. If out of peer pressure, out of shamefacedness, you have done certain things with money or possession, the greatest possession of your life is your life and your heart. This morning, break the barrier. Break the hedge. As all has about, just raise your hands. Clear and simple. The Lord himself will know that you are giving your all your life and he will not abandon you don't do religion anymore you don't have peace you go back and remain the same you are just like any other person you drink uh, you go on and you just say I'm in a church where they preach the gospel but you don't have a witness of the spirit of God that I'm a child of God that my sins have been forgiven Please raise your hand. That's the greatest miracle you can have. And let the Lord now do the rest. And prove to see if God is not faithful as he gives you that piece of heart to also redirect your life. If you are raising your hand, please raise it very well. We are not in a hurry of it. That's the reason why the church exists. And that's the reason why you are here. Not socializing. Not just knowing those that know those that come to church. That's the reason your life is hanging on a balance. I want to surrender my life to Christ. I want to do like the Macedonian Christians. I want to first of all give my all by giving my life. And heaven will celebrate on my behalf. We are talking because knowing the terror of God, we persuade men. And knowing what you are missing will also persuade you. And knowing the joy that awaits you will persuade you again. Don't follow the sheep when you are still a goat. You will not escape the divine separation. Is there any heart here that says, Lord, I'm giving my heart unto you. The greatest gift you gave to me through Jesus I'm returning mine, greatest unto you. I will take this song, and at the end of it, we will pray. My lifetime, I will give God my lifetime. My lifetime, I will give God my lifetime. If I give God my lifetime, if you are taking that decision, just raise your hand where you are. Clear and deliberate, willing and conscious. Lord, I'm taking a decision before heaven, before man. My lifetime. My lifetime. Is 
that true with you? Have you given your lifetime unto Him? Have you surrendered your heart? Is there a witness in your heart? That you belong to God now. And there is no condemnation before heaven. And you are God. If there is, please raise your hand. This is the time I accept it. this moment convert that song unto yourself, your resources what you have what has been your attitude to giving back unto God, your giving is you the measure with which you give is who you are the measure with which you keep back whether in secular matters or in services of God is also who you are he tells a lot about you. And who is God saying you are this morning? As Jesus was standing at the till, looking out and saying, look at the measure with which they are giving. That's who they are. Can you tell God this morning, I am deciding on you afresh to give you that. Not only which belongs unto you, one out of ten, and some give more than that. They have gone beyond just one out of ten. Because it is he who gave you all. All power, all glory, all honor. The power to make well, they came from him. If your life wasn't there, then who was to have made all those monies? Oppositions. Tell the Lord. Determine it yourself. Open your mouth and tell him. Father, this morning I am going to give my life and all that you give me according to the measure of your grace in my life. Determine that unto him. And as you do so, Second Corinthians 8, 6, where we read earlier on, or 9, 6 says, as you purpose in your heart, at this moment where you are, we have a harvest a week away. That's not just the only reason why we reminded you of this. This is one of the doctrines. This is one of the attitudes of a revived life, of Christian living, that the church needs to hear again and again. If God could give his only begotten son, his most prized possession, for the good of you and I, who did not merit it, what more will he not give? And what more is he expecting from you that you are keeping back? Can you purpose in your heart and say, God, this is what I'm purposing in my heart, prayerfully, to give as a token of your loving kindness, mercy, protection, guidance over this past one year. It's just a token. It's not all. Purpose so. And if right now you still don't have it, tell the Lord, I am believing you to give me the resources. I'm not going to owe. I won't be in debt. And you will have a testimony just as you are praying. Watch back after next week and see whether the Lord fulfilled it to the letter. And as he's bringing and opening that door, the Spirit of God will tell you, it is for that purposing that you did. He will let you know. And you will have the joy of fulfilling 
an aspect of Christian giving. And as you determine to give, give as you are able. God has blessed you beyond last year, beyond two years ago. God has increased your level of service, promoted you. God has expanded your terrain, your businesses. God is making you stand when others are spending their money in hospital bills and needless cost cases and things that waste resources. And here are the manifold blessings. Tell him, Father, your grace will be sufficient unto me to abound in this measure and to give unto approval of you. In Jesus' name we pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you. If there still be anyone here who despite the greatest gift you gave to us, Jesus Christ, who paid the price, shed his blood, left the glory with the Father and the Holy Spirit in heaven, and came down and took upon himself the form of flesh, and died as man, and became a slave, and died the most horrendous death, the most pitiable death, the worst recorded death, to be crucified on the wood, hung up, Lord, if you could pay that price to get us. Father, we thank you in the name of Jesus. Nothing can equate with it. Nothing can be rendered unto it. And if there be any who is allowing the blood of Jesus shed on the cross of Calvary to be in vain, and hasn't yet responded in full, give him or her no rest until your Holy Spirit arrests him unto conviction, arrests her unto salvation in the name of Jesus Christ. That these words will not be in vain, but that all of us will as that rich young person came, fulfilled even the giving of our lives that signified in that story. In the name of Jesus Christ, Heavenly Father, we plead with you that as we determine in our hearts to look at the big picture, to look at what you gave, and to look at what giving does for us, it shows you who we are. It shows you how much we appreciate what you have done unto us. That we will also, as Paul did say in Philippians chapter 4, is a measure of an account. That as you are returning back, you will see the measure to which you have led ourselves and our resources unto your stewardship as stewards of your manifold grace in this area. And you will return answers in so full. Almighty God, multiply that grace upon us this morning in Jesus' name. Bring a conviction upon every heart here. The father with aradite hand. The mother who is saving and saving to the last couple. The young person who tries to fritter away in things that do not make for eternal value. Lord, revert our heart this morning. And let your spirit already bring a decision for heaven. And bring joy even into our lives. As we respond in this measure to your own honor and glory in Jesus' name. Provide every resource of everyone who has purpose in his other heart. As a point of contact, at a harvest, Lord, what they need. Surprise us and prove that your word is still true today and even tomorrow in the name of Jesus Christ. And Lord, no one who gives unto you. You say that is one of the prophecies. The psalmist said, I have been young now, I am old. I have not seen a righteous man. I have not seen a man who realizes what it means to give unto the Lord that which does not cost him anything. Big bread. I have not seen his children... Being in want, Lord, give us that blessing even as we prove you in this area in the name of Jesus. Continually multiply grace upon your children. 
in diverse areas of endeavor, in our places of work, may he declare that it is also as a result of obedience in this area of giving that you open doors that human beings cannot ordinarily bring about. That you open the windows of heaven and real resources to meet our needs and beyond. Receive the glory as we experience the blessing in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Lord Almighty, for your son whom you have used to minister, and you have used him to practice what you asked him to do. Continually increase the same measure in his life, work, ministry, in the name of Jesus. The givings unto your work, the givings unto needy people, the givings unto needy area. Lord, multiply, open doors, and they will never be in lack. May this be the testimony of him and his family and those he influences in generation. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.